Welcome to You, The Truth and Nothing But, brought to you by Our Best for Him, where you and the truth come face to face. No preaching, no pressure, just facts and truths to guide you in deciding what's best for you. And now, today's episode. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to You and the Truth and the final installment of our two-part series, The Final Exam, brought to you by Our Best for Him. We suggest you open your Bible to the book of Matthew, paragraph 4, and follow along. In part one of this series, we covered verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now let's follow the exchange between Jesus and the devil in verses 2 through 11. We'll take one verse at a time, keep it in mind that Jesus was human and subject to the same temptations as us. Verse 2 sets the stage for the devil's entrance. Quote, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Close quote. Being human after that many days, Jesus must have been delirious, incoherent and with no strength, either physically or mentally, and safe to assume near death. Try putting yourself in that situation. It's almost impossible to fathom. Notice that the first word of the verse, after, specifically means that the devil waited 40 days and nights to tempt Jesus so he would be at his weakest. The devil takes his first swing in verse 3. Quote, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell those stones to become bread. Close quote. Take note of two things. Number one, the devil came to Jesus. Jesus did not go looking for him. So it is with us. Temptations will come to us regardless of whether we look for them. Number two, the word if before you are the son of God. Although this temptation was dangled in front of Jesus with the air of satisfying his physical hunger, its underlying motive was to destroy Jesus' faith. The devil was preying on Jesus' ego, basically by saying, Hey, you don't need your father's help to get out of this. You can do this all by yourself. If you're such a big shot, just say the word and turn the stones to bread. He knew that by getting Jesus to satisfy his physical hunger, he was getting him to take matters into his own hands without relying on God. The devil was banking on Jesus' weak physical and emotional condition to defy his father. Imagine, if you would, Jesus staring at some stones after not eating for 40 days and 40 nights, at the brink of death, knowing full well he had the power to turn those stones into bread with a simple command. If there was ever a time to satisfy one's ego for power, this was it. This is exactly what the devil does with us. He will tempt us when we are at our lowest point, physically, mentally, or both. However, as opposed to Jesus, he will also tempt us when we feel we are on top of the world. This is when our egos get the best of us. Now, there are two things of particular interest to note here. One, the devil refers to Jesus as the Son of God. This is proof that the devil acknowledges the existence of God. Number two, the use of the word tell by the devil proves that he not only believed in God, but acknowledged God's power and that Jesus had that power at his disposal. All he needed to do was to tell the stones to become bread. So Jesus had to choose, allow his human nature to give in, satisfy his ego and hunger, or allow God's nature 
to respond. Of course, as we know, he allowed his father's nature to take over, and utilizing the only weapon at his disposal, and the only weapon he would need, his father's word, Jesus responds as follows in verse 4. Quote, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Close quote. The words shall not impose an obligation not to act. Similar to the fifth commandment, thou shall not kill, it is a command. This means that man has an obligation not to live by bread alone or food as we know it. Read together, shall not live by bread alone means that being sustained by food alone is not an option. If you want to experience life as God intended, food alone without the word of God is not life. Man without God is nothing. We may be able to sustain ourselves physically, but not spiritually. This goes to the gist of how our view of life is diametrically opposed to God's view. We consider life in a physical sense as we experience it here on earth. For God, our true life begins spiritually after our death. Also, notice the use of the word every before word. This emphasizes that God's word is absolute and is to be taken in its entirety and not just choose those words that suit us. The devil did not respond. Strike one. So he proceeds to take a second swing as noted in verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. We do not know where Jesus was tempted with the stones, so it is unknown how far the holy city was. But the fact that the devil was able to take Jesus in what must have been a frail condition simply emphasizes not only the power of the devil, but Jesus' weak and frail condition. The devil then had Jesus stand on the highest point of the temple, which according to historians was about 30 stories high. Without a doubt, a height that would kill anyone who fell from it. So here is Jesus, standing high above ground in a state of near death, once again tempted by the devil in verse 6, which states as follows, quote, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Close quote. Once again, the devil uses the word if as if challenging and mocking Jesus. But this time, the devil tries to convince Jesus to jump by using God's own words in Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, which state as follows, quote, He will command his angels and they will lift you up so that you will not strike your foot, close quote. But the devil quotes God's words out of context by conveniently omitting the two verses that precede verses 11 and 12, verses 9 and 10, that state as follows, quote, If you say the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, close quote. The words if and and clearly set two conditions for God's promise to keep one safe. The word if sets forth a conditional promise, that is, something that will take place on the condition that something else takes place beforehand. Here, God clearly sets forth a conditional promise. I will protect you if you persist to have faith in me, and if you abide in me and allow me to abide in you. 
Jesus rejects the devil's temptation in verse 7 by quoting Deuteronomy paragraph 6, verse 16. Quote, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Close quote. In other words, don't test me. If you do something that goes against my words, such as attempting to hurt yourself or take your own life, I will not protect you. Strike two. The devil now takes his third swing in verses 8 and 9. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Once again, the devil is tempting Jesus with the very things we are tempted with every day and that Jesus warned us of in the book of Mark, paragraph 4, verse 19. That is to say, the kingdoms of this world, referring to wealth, riches, material possessions, lust, greed, power. And no doubt that the very high mountain gave Jesus an aerial view and allowed him to see all the devil was offering, much like what we are shown daily. And of course, the word if sets the condition. Worship me, worship me, and all this is yours. Jesus responds in verse 10 by quoting the book of Deuteronomy, paragraph 6, verse 13. Quote, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Two things to note here. Number one, for the first time, Jesus addresses the devil directly, commanding him to leave. Number two, Jesus' message was clear. You can serve only one God. It's either the things of this world, that is our nature, or God and his nature. The devil had just struck out. Verse 11 states, Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. The word then indicates that the devil left him the moment Jesus denounces him. And the word and indicates that it was after Jesus denounced the devil that God sent his angels to attend to him. This is clear language that we must reject temptations prior to God blessing us. Well, Jesus has just passed his final exam and is now ready for battle. Join us for our next episode as he steps onto the battlefield to begin his three-year mission with you at his side. Until then, I remind you, what you just heard is the truth. What you do with it is up to you. You have been listening to You, The Truth, and Nothing But. Brought to you by Our Best For Him, where you and the truth come face to face. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, or watching our YouTube channel. And on behalf of all of us at Our Best For Him, we look forward to helping you in your journey to decide what's best for you. 